For years, we here in America prayed for many of you believers in Russia, knowing that you experienced tremendous persecution and pressure. Um, we probably didn't know the kind of pressure that you experienced. But it's wonderful to know that God understands and cares about each of our hearts. And this morning, or this afternoon, I would like for you to take your outline that you have in front of you, and I would like to share a message on how God cares about each of our hearts. I had the privilege of being a pastor for 24 years, and during that period, often people would come into my office with pain. Some people came into my office because they came from a home where they were never loved, never experienced someone caring about them. Other people came into my office because they grew up in a home where there was a lot of anger, a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting. And they came in because they struggled with the pain of what they experienced in their home growing up. Other people came into my office because they were depressed and struggled with the negative thoughts that depression brings with it. It's wonderful that the Bible has the answers to each person's problems and that God cares about each person. He cares about you. He cares about me. He understands all the pain that we go through. A number of years ago, I took the time to go to the scriptures to find out what the Bible says about how God focuses on us and cares about our hearts. The Bible clearly indicates that God loves and cares for us. The beauty of the heart of God is that he is concerned about every person's need individually. He cares about you he understands all the pain that you feel. He cares about the personal needs of those who are troubled or have been damaged by emotional pain. He not only went to the cross and died for our sins so that we could be his children and someday go to heaven and have a relationship with him, but every day God thinks about each of us. Every day, God knows everything that we experience, and he's concerned about each of those events. Has God ever cared for your heart, your pain? Have you ever sensed him understanding and caring about you? Have you ever allowed him to speak peace to your heart? The Psalms are filled with David sharing his pain with God and God bringing peace to David's heart. This morning I'd like to talk about damaged hearts and how God cares about them. Hearts have been damaged by events, by people, by the pressures of life. And all of us, if we were to list the pain from our past, would have a list of all the things that have occurred to us in our lives that has damaged us. I often in my office, when I'm working with people, which I do every week, I ask them to give me a picture of their heart, and one person said, my heart is dead. 
I had so much pain, my heart died, and there's no life there. Another person said, I have an empty heart. No one ever loved, no one ever filled my heart. It's all empty. Another person says, my heart was stabbed and it's still bleeding from the pain I experienced. Another person said, my heart was shattered in a million pieces. Another person said, my heart is black from all the sinful things I participated in. Another person said, my heart is bruised. Another person said, my heart is hardened because of all the pain it got, just hard as a rock. Another person says, my heart is broken or my heart is sad. The saddest part of my job of sitting with people and listening to their pain is to realize that many people have experienced pain, but they've never known how to take their pain to Jesus and let Jesus bring healing to their hearts. And as a result of that, they hold their pain inside, not realizing that there is a God in heaven who cares about their hearts, cares about their pain, and wants to bring peace to their heart. Isaiah 30, verse 8 says, The Lord longs to be gracious to you. In my office, I have the privilege every week of sitting with husbands and wives who come into my office with their problems. And I spend three hours a day for five days with each couple. And I've watched Jesus change hearts and bring peace and comfort to troubled hearts. Hearts that have never been loved. Jesus opens his arms and invites them to feel love for the first time. I'll never forget, recently a lady came into my office and she felt distant from God because she had been damaged spiritually. She felt distant from her husband. He was a pastor, but he didn't know how to emotionally connect with her. He was emotionally detached. She felt distant from her parents because her parents never connected with her. And she came into my office saying, I wish I could just be perfect so I would please God. I wish I could just be a perfect wife so I could please my husband. I wish I could be a perfect mother so I wouldn't mess up my kids. But she says, I'm so depressed. I can't do anything for anyone. And she was overwhelmed with all the pressures of life. And I led her through a very simple prayer. Jesus, do you care about my heart? Jesus, do you care that I feel so much pressure and I can't do things perfect enough? And she saw a picture of Jesus in a sheepfold. And there was a little lamb in the corner of the sheepfold. That was her. She was sick. And Jesus reached down and picked up that little lamb and cared for the little lamb and put the lamb on his shoulder and cared for that lamb. And as soon as she saw that picture, all of a sudden she realized that Jesus cared and she didn't have to perform. She didn't have to be perfect for everyone. And everything relaxed inside and she started smiling for the first time in 35 years. She all of a sudden realized God cared. She didn't have to be perfect for God. God didn't expect that. She didn't have to be perfect for her husband, for her family. God wanted her just to experience his peace. I'll never forget a depressed Amish man coming into my office. He had 
been so depressed that he wanted to take his life. And in that pressure of that depression, he was hospitalized. And later he came into my office and he was depressed. His spirit had been damaged by both of his parents that crushed his spirit. So he wasn't loved by either of his parents. The church disciplined him during a rebellious period of his life at 16. And as a result, they turned their back on him. The community turned its back on him. And he only had one friend that had ever cared for him. It was an ungodly man in their town. When he told me his story, I began to share how God cares and loves him. And I led him in a prayer. And after the prayer... He was released from his depression, and he all of a sudden realized that God cared about his heart, and he trusted Christ as a Savior in my office, and I led him to Jesus to resolve the pain of being neglected and not cared for his entire life. Two years later, he and his wife drove from Ohio to Colorado just to say thank you for the freedom he experienced by someone caring about him. I'd like for you just to look at the picture, a picture of Jesus, a picture of a little girl looking into Jesus' eyes. It's interesting. <clears throat> Jesus cares about every little girl. He cares about our hearts. I like what the young lady sang earlier this afternoon. Ocean of God's unconditional love. No beginning, no end. God's love flowing into my heart. Very beautiful. It was translated to me, so if I didn't say it quite right, it was because I uh, didn't hear it correctly. But God cares about every person's heart. I like the song. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. God carries the burdens that we have. You sang that song this afternoon. I think it was the first song that we sang. I like the song. My Jesus knows when I am lonely. He knows each pain. He sees each tear. He understands each lonely heartache. He understands and always cares. For the last 14 years, I have had the privilege of sitting in my office watching people share their pain. And one of the greatest privileges I have is to, to take those individuals to Jesus with their pain and let Jesus speak peace to the pain in their heart. I'll never forget a young girl who was 18 months old when she was taken away from two alcoholic parents because they weren't caring for her. She was placed in four foster homes. Each of the mothers in those homes rejected her. She was placed in a children's home and had four more mothers and fathers in the children's home that emotionally never connected with her. So for 18 years, she had nine different mothers that refused to connect to care about her heart. She went to Bible college, married a young man who was emotionally detached. 
So for the first 40 years of her life, she never experienced love from one individual. As I began leading her prayer, she burst into tears in my office, realizing that no one had ever cared about her heart. When I began to pray and lead her to Jesus, she finally, for the first time in her life, felt love from Jesus. Then I showed her husband how to care about her heart, and she started responding emotionally to feeling loved by him. It's interesting. What happened was all of a sudden she started smiling, and the depression and the anger that she had inside of her heart because of all the people that had emotionally neglected her went away, and she started experiencing peace in her heart and joy in her heart. This afternoon, I'd like to share, how does God care about our hearts? First of all, I'd like to ask, how does God view us? In the Bible, it talks about how God sees each child when they're conceived and when they're born. In Psalms 139, verse 13, it says, You created my inmost being. God is the one who creates each human being. Psalms 139.13, you knit me together in my mother's womb. The word knit together means uh, like a woven garment is woven together. God weaves a child's development in the womb together. Verse 14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made, when I was woven together. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. He who made you, who formed you in the womb. God was the one who formed each person and he has a special plan and design for each person. Isaiah 43.1 says, God created you. He formed you. Isaiah 43.7, whom I formed and made. Isaiah 43.7, I created you for my glory. God has a purpose for every person's life. Isaiah 44.21, I have made you. I will not forget you. And that's repeated in Isaiah 46.1. I like that statement. I have made you, I will not forget you. A lot of people feel that God doesn't care about them. But these statements from the Old Testament indicate the fact that not only has God created us, but he will never forget us. He cares about each of our hearts. When you think of God, what does God know about us? Let's look at God's focus on us. In Psalms 139, 1-6, it talks about God's knowledge of us. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You are familiar with all my ways. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. When I sit or rise, you know all about that. When I go or lie down, you know everything about me. There is nothing that happens to us that God doesn't know and he's not aware of. God knows everything about us. He 
is familiar with everything that occurs in our lives. God's knowledge is total. Secondly, let's look at God's plan of our lives. In Psalms 139.16, God says, Each day of our life is planned. It's written in his book before they happen. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This week, my wife and I are expecting our 16th grandchild uh, to be born near Hutchison, Kansas. Uh, we're excited about that. We're excited about each of our grandchildren. But do you realize that in heaven is a book before that child is born, and we don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl, our uh, daughter and her husband do not know either, but do you realize that Psalms 139.16 says that God has ordained every day of that child's life? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that God has ordained every day for you? God ordained this day for you? And he knows what's going to happen. And he cares about your life today. Let's notice thirdly, God's plan, or his thoughts of us. In Psalms 139, verses 17 and 18, he says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand by the seashore. Have you ever taken a bucket of sand um, and counted the pieces of sand in a bucket? It's a little bit difficult. There's so many of them. What the psalmist is saying is, if you go to the seashore, if you go to Los Angeles, California, and you count all the sands by the seashore, be innumerable. You couldn't count them. But what David is saying here is God's thoughts outnumber the grains of sand by the seashore. That's how often God thinks about you. Ever thought about that? Now, my thoughts can either go in one of two directions. I can think about what I'm doing, or I can think about my wife, or I can think about my children. I can only think of one thing at a time. My wife and my secretary can usually do three things at once. They can be on the telephone, they can be holding a child, and they can be writing something. Now, women have the ability to do three things at once. Do you realize God is aware of every person, every moment of every day? He thinks about you as often as the sands by the seashore. The next time you think, God is not aware of what you're experiencing. No matter how dark your day is, remember, God knows and understands what you're experiencing. The fourth thing we'd like to share is God's touch. Psalms 139.10 says, God's hand will guide me. His right hand will lift me up. One of the most important things in relationship is touch. A mother touches a child, a father touches a child, a husband touches a wife. Touch is very important for communication, for connection. 
And the Bible says that God's hand guides me. His right hand lifts me up. Often I ask people for a picture and uh, I lead them in a prayer, Jesus, do you care about me? And often they see a hand reached out to take their hand. Or they see outreached arms of Jesus wanting them to come in and feel loved emotionally by them. That's the concept of God taking our hands and caring about our heart. The fifth thing that the Bible says is that God has a knowledge of all of our thoughts. Not only does he think about us as often as the sand by the seashore, but the Bible says he knows every thought that comes into our mind. Psalms 139.2, you perceive my thoughts afar off. His thoughts of us are more than the sand by the seashore. He knows every thought that we have. He knows what we think without even being there uh, with us. He knows and perceives each thought. Let's move to how God views us. How does God view and look at our lives? First of all, he views us as valued. You are precious and honored in my sight because I love you, Isaiah 43, 4 says. I'll never forget taking a lady from Ireland in my office through prayer. Her father was an alcoholic, and he had gambled all the money away during her growing up years. Her mother was depressed and was trying to take care of her mother without having any funds, and she had to work to clean houses to make ends meet for the family. And she grew up in that home and grew up in a small little church and became rebellious because of what happened in her home and later came back to Christ. And I was leading her in a prayer. She had no value in herself. She felt rejected. She felt alone. She felt worthless. And I led her to prayer, Jesus, do you love me? And I let the Spirit of God prompt a response to her heart. And the answer God gave, you are precious to me. I had my eyes open when she was praying. And there was a despondency on her face. And all of a sudden her face lit up when Jesus prompted, you are precious to me. Later in a testimony, she shared, I had never been told as a girl or as a lady, as a wife, that I was precious. And she says, when God prompted that statement to my heart, which is repeated in Isaiah 43.4, her despondency lifted and she all of a sudden realized that God did care about her heart even though her father had not cared for her. Secondly, God views us not only as valued, but God views us as his friend. It's interesting, Jesus, the night before he went to the cross, three times in John, John's gospel, turns to his disciples and says, I want to be your friend. What is a friend? A friend is someone who can share anything that's on their heart, and they will always be accepted by another person who's their friend. Isaiah 41.8, God calls Israel my friend. 
John 15:15, I have called you friends. It's interesting, we sing the song, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus, since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. Jesus is our friend. He wants a relationship with us. Jesus could have said to his disciples, I want to be your God. I want to be one who has authority over you to tell you how to establish the church. But Jesus did not say that. Even though he was God, even though he had authority over the disciples, he said, I want to be your friend. I want to be someone that you can talk to every day. I want to be someone to care about what you're struggling with. I want you to come with your struggles to me. And I want to care about those. And I want to communicate my love and concern for you. Jesus wants to be our friend. The song, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Not only does God view us as valued, not only does God view us as a friend, but God views us as chosen. Isaiah 41.9, and it's repeated also in chapter 41.8 and 45.4, God says, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. If you were to ask me, what is the greatest emotional pain in the United States, I would say it's the pain of being rejected. Many people, one out of four coming into my office, has a rejection pain over 80%. It's a huge problem in America. Children don't feel accepted by their parents. Wives don't feel accepted by their husbands. Husbands don't feel accepted at work. There's a huge rejection problem. But the wonderful thing is God does not reject a person. He says, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. Ephesians 1.11, a more familiar passage, in him we were also chosen. It's wonderful to be accepted by the creator of the universe, the one who knows every thought that comes to my mind, the one who has a book planned with every day of my life in it, one who cares about everything that I struggle with in my heart. That's God in heaven. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And God cares about us. How does God demonstrate his care? I'd like to share five ways God demonstrates the fact that he cares about us. The first is, he calls us by name. Isaiah 45, 3 and 4, I have summoned you by name. I am the Lord who summons you by name. God knows our name. 
He's familiar with us. It's interesting, if you want a person to feel respected, you use their name. A person feels honored and recognized when you say their first name and you know their name. And the Bible clearly says, God remembers my name. Secondly, he not only knows our name, but he identifies us as his. Isaiah 43.1, you are mine. Isaiah 43.5, do not be afraid, I am with you. Isaiah 44.21, I will not forget you. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you or forsake you. I like the song, Loved with Everlasting Love. Oh, this full and perfect peace from his presence all divine, in a love which cannot cease, I am his and he is mine. I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. We're friends. We have an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. The third is that God demonstrates his care by not only calling us by name, not only identifying us as his, he desires to be with us. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, I am with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the world, Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28.20. God never leaves us. As his children, he always seeks to be near us. Finally, God desires to be our God. I am your God, Isaiah 41.10. Then he desires to strengthen us, Isaiah 41.10. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 45.5, I will strengthen you. And then in Isaiah 46.4, I am he who sustains you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Again, God's promise to be with us. Finally, I would like to share the fact that God has a personal promise of security for each of his children. First of all, God says, I want to hold your hand. It's interesting uh, last week, I had one of our grandsons who's 18 months old, and he wanted to go on a walk with me. And he was a little scared because there were cars going up and down the street, and he would always raise his hand and want Grandpa to hold his hand. When we got to the playground, he picked up some rocks, and he didn't want to let go of his rocks. So he had his rocks in his hand, but he'd always reach up his hand, and I had to put my hand over his hand to hold him. And he wanted me to hold his hand. An insecure child always wants the hand of someone secure. In John chapter 10, the Bible says that God places us inside Christ's hand and God's hand is over Christ's hand. So no one can take us out of God's hand if we're his children. Beautiful picture of security. 
God promises to hold our hand. Isaiah 41.13 says that God takes hold of my right hand. Isaiah 42.6, I will hold your hand. I don't know if you've sung this song, but it was a favorite when I was growing up. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. God holds our hand and he chooses to stand beside us in the midst of the turmoils of life. Secondly, not only does he say he's going to hold our hand, but he says, I want to keep you safe. Isaiah 42, 6 I will keep you. I like the illustrations in the Bible. I remember a number of years ago struggling with an issue in my personal life and the job I had at the time. And I remember going to a friend and talking about the struggles I was experiencing spiritually in my own heart. And I remember coming out of the gentleman's uh, office and I walked out and I saw two sparrows standing in front of my car on a little ledge. And I walked past the sparrows and usually when you walk past a sparrow they fly away. These two sparrows just happened to stay there. In my heart there was tremendous turmoil because of pressure I was going through that particular month in the ministry I was involved in. And my thoughts went to what Jesus said about sparrows in the Gospels. He says in Luke chapter 12, verse 7, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Even though sparrows are worthless, God values them. And in Matthew 10:29, he says, God doesn't allow one sparrow to fall to the ground without his knowledge. And then it says, are you worth more than many sparrows? I'll never forget that day. That thought came to my mind. I saw those two sparrows. If they were to die, God would not be unaware that they died. And if five sparrows are worth two pennies, how much am I worth to God? What Jesus said was, I have way more value than a sparrow that's merely a bird. And God values me. The next time you look at a bird flying in the sky, recognize that that bird never dies without God's awareness. And then look at yourself and realize that God cares about you more than he cares about sparrows because he was the one who created you. There's a second illustration in the Old Testament, book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 10, and that is the fact that God views us as the apple of his eye. In that passage, it says, In a desert land he formed him, in a barren and hollow waste he shielded Israel and called for him. He guarded Israel as the apple of his eye. The apple of his eye means God guarded Israel as the center focus of his attention. In Psalm 17, 8, 
David prays, keep me as the apple of your eye. God, keep me the center of your focus. Because not only do I want to be your friend, I want to have you focusing your love and your heart on me. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8, For whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. Do you realize nothing can happen with, to you without God knowing about it? And if you're the center of God's focus, his eye is on you, guess what? He cares about you. I like Ethel Waters. She was the singer. And she would sing on the Billy Graham uh, crusade. And my favorite song was, his eye, If His Eye is on the Sparrow, I Know He Watches Me. You probably heard her sing that song. If God cares about sparrows, I know he cares about me. God's central focus is on me. What does that mean in a practical way? That means that God cares about each individual and he understands what we experience. We were in Atlanta a few years ago and a girl came to our seminar that was deeply damaged. She had been hurt by issues in her family and she drew a picture of her heart Here's the picture of her heart. It was cracked down the middle. It was chained. It was padlocked and the key was broken. And no one was ever going to get her heart. She was 21 years of age. And she drew that picture while I was speaking at the seminar. Because I asked everyone, what is the picture of your heart? Has it been damaged? She spent some time with a couple that had come to counsel at the seminar. And after the seminar, she drew this heart because Jesus had healed her heart from the emotional pain that she experienced in her family. The heart was sewn together. The chains were broken. The lock was gone. She came to freedom. The wonderful thing is that burdens are lifted at Calvary. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. A missionary lady came from a home where she was damaged went to the mission field and struggled for years with all of the pain that she had experienced. She came into our office and uh, I was praying with her and her husband. They would spent 40 years on the mission field. And I shared that Jesus cared about her pain. I led her in a prayer to Jesus. Jesus, do you care that my father never cared for me? My mother was critical of me. Jesus, do you care that my parents were angry with me and never accepted me? Jesus, how would you heal my heart? Can you bring peace to my heart? And in the middle of the prayer, Jesus, how would you heal my heart? She saw a word picture of something she had heard in Sunday school as a child. And here's the picture. It's a picture of a lamb. 
being held by Jesus. And Jesus is weeping, feeling the, the lamb's pain, and a tear is in Jesus' eye. And the cross is in the background as a reminder that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, but also to bring our hearts in peace to the Savior. Isaiah 40, verse 11, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. That's the Jesus. That's our Creator. That's the God of the universe who created the world. He created every human being. He knows every thought. He thinks of you more often than the sand by the seashore. He cares about your heart. And he cares about every pain. I'd like to read, in closing, a statement that a lady read. She probably has more pain than any other person I've heard of for years. And a lady friend of hers began to pray with her and took her to Jesus to heal that pain. And here's what she says. God feels with us. God is emotionally responsive to us. It matters to God that we are in need. Our pain and hurt impacts God. Think about that. It's amazing that you let yourself take that truth inside. You, your life, your hurt has impact on the God of the universe. Think about that the next time you feel that no one cares. God heals us. Having seen us and had compassion for us, God responds. God touches our wounds. He mends our broken hearts. He strengthens our weariness. For those of us who have felt invisible, who have experienced shame and abuse or rejection, it's a wonderful thing to find someone who sees, has compassion, and seeks to heal. Thank you for doing that for me, for caring for my heart, for helping me to experience that God sees, God feels, God heals. Lord, thank you that you see me. You see my pain. Thank you that it matters to you that I struggle and hurt. Thank you that it is in the context of your personal attention and compassion that you heal me. Thank you that I am healed. Thank you that you continue to heal. I await your healing touch today. I'd like to just encourage you. You may have had difficult experiences in your life. You may have had pain in your past. I would like to encourage you in prayer to take that pain to Jesus. Tell him your pain. He's your friend. He wants to hear what you struggle with inside. Take the negative thoughts, the feelings of worthlessness to him. Ask him to draw a picture of your heart. Your heart may be empty because nobody ever loved you. Your heart may feel rejected because others have turned their back on you. Your heart may have been damaged through another person's anger directed toward you. 
Your heart may be lonely because no one ever connected to care about you. Can I invite you to take your heart to Jesus? Tell him, ask him to give a picture of your heart and then take that empty heart, that rejected heart, that lonely heart and say, Jesus, do you care that I feel rejected? Do you care that I'm lonely? Can you give me a word picture, a thought, a verse of scripture, a portion of a song to heal my heart? I want my heart to be healed. I want to feel that you care for me. What happens when you do this very simple process is that within one short little prayer, 80% of your pain gets healed. And emotionally, you experience the touch of Jesus on your heart to heal your heart. For 20 years, I carried a rejection pain. I was a very quiet person as a child. I didn't speak much. And I often felt rejected in life. And one day, I began to pray. And I says, God, do you care that I feel rejected? Do you care that I feel all alone like no one cares for me? And Jesus showed me a picture of a hand. It was his hand. And inside his hand was a little boy that was one-sixteenth of an inch tall. I've always had no value. And Jesus said, I want you to look to me. Hebrews 12, 2, look to Jesus. And I remember just focusing my eyes on Jesus' eyes, and he gave me his approval, and emotionally my rejection pain went away, and I felt secure in my relationship with Jesus for the first time. And even though others may reject me, whenever they do, I always have that picture come back, and I feel secure with him. Jesus can heal your pain within your heart. And I would encourage you just to talk with him in prayer. He wants you to come to him with your pain. Not only did he die on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin, and you might today, if you've never done that, invite him to come into your life because he died on the cross for your sins. And he wants you to be his child. And maybe you've never made that decision. Can I invite you to make that decision to invite him into your heart today? to be your savior from sin, and to be his child. But secondly, if you've experienced pain in your past, and no one's understood, no one's cared, take your pain to Jesus. Ask him for a picture of your heart. Invite him to come into your heart and heal, and allow him to bring peace to your heart. Jesus wants to be your friend. Jesus wants to care about your heart. Jesus wants to be your dearest friend. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the tremendous promises in your word that you care for us. You understand what we struggle with. And Father, if there's a person here that has never received you into their heart, I pray that today they would invite the Lord Jesus Christ into their life, recognizing that he died on the cross for their sins and paid the penalty for their sins so that they could be a child of yours. I pray for those who have experienced pain in their heart, 
in the past through individuals who have damaged them. I pray that they would today experience just a sense of your presence and your peace and the fact that you care for them. Thank you for your love to us and thank you that you care. In Christ's name, amen.